Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Lions Radio Network. I am your host, Donna Lyons, coming to you live from Washington, D.C., right here on the Lions Radio Network, where we are global. And I want to thank our listeners from all around the world. Um, our top five countries are United States, Canada, Germany, Australia, and Italy right now. So thank you, you guys. We really appreciate that you tune in. And you can also catch us on iHeartRadio, download the app, and you can listen to us anytime. I'm really excited for my guest today, you guys. Um, his name is Kip Gross. He's a former Major League Baseball pitcher who played for the Cincinnati Reds, Los Angeles Dodgers, the Nippon Ham Fighters, Boston Red Sox, and Houston Astros. And he is in the process of completing his biography. One thing I've learned about Kip is he's a great shooter he's very honest and in this book he tells all and he's not holding anything back so trust me when i say you'll definitely want to read this book and he's here to tell us what we're going to find in the book and give us a little insight on his career i want to welcome him welcome kip hey thanks for having me donna appreciate it you know can can you tell us a little bit about your career i mean how it started what was the first team you played for just give us a little insight into where you started and where you ended. Well, it's it's kind of a, it's a story that's it's pretty unique because I never played any high school baseball, and uh, you know I tell people this quite a bit. They ask me my my path, and they say, "Well, how, how did you get to play if you never played high school baseball?" Well, uh, you know I come from a small town in Gearing, Nebraska, out west, where there's really not much going on, and so there weren't scouts, there weren't colleges nothing like that at all. And uh, I just told myself that I always wanted to try to play at the next level. And so I actually walked on at the University of Nebraska, which was kind of a dumb thing to do at the time because I didn't even get an offer or look from anybody in here at that time. Nebraska was top 10 in the country. And I happened to go down and just try out. And uh, I, I kind of sort of made the team. They redshirted me my fresh year, first year. And then they sent me to a junior college the next year. I got drafted there. So I knew then that I had a chance to play the game. And uh, so I went back to Nebraska for a year because I hadn't played there. And uh, I got drafted in the fourth round by the Mets. And uh, it was it was one of those things where I, I, I really didn't know where I was. I mean, it, I really didn't. You know, back then I thought I knew everything. And every level I played at, I, I learned really quick that I didn't know anything. And so uh, as you go up the, that ladder and keep playing – you just keep learning, learning, learning. And I was one of those guys that used to bug, bug, and just sit next to all the veterans. Uh, Ken Griffey was huge. He, uh, My first year in the big leagues, I just used to bug him to death and uh, just to try because he played for 22 years. And I just tried to find wow. everything and anything I could about how to play the game. And so I always hung around guys like that. And I figured, you know, if you're going to play the game, you better learn how to play the game and, and so you can get to the higher level. And Eventually, I made the big leagues, and uh, uh, it was kind of a crazy thing there, too. But at the same time, I was there. And uh, I, 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 the one thing about myself, though, I, I stayed healthy. I always try to do everything I could to keep my arm healthy. And so that's why I ended up playing 16 years. But uh, uh, it was just a, an odd path, and a lot of crazy things happened along the way uh, that are in the book. And 
it was it was just things that most people don't ever see or hear about and uh i'm letting i'm just letting everybody know that the, the path that most people have isn't what they think it is it's not the notoriety and the glamour out there all the time it's there there's a lot of a lot of ugly things going on in professional baseball that that uh, that people have to deal with and uh to get to where they want to be for their goals and and all that stuff so it was a crazy path but here i am now 58 years old and and looking back on it, I was like, my God, how long ago was that? But uh, now I'm writing the book, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's working well. You know, we've been chatting for a while. We're friends. And one thing that I know about you is that you're really down-to-earth and humble. And you're a straight shooter. You tell it like it is. And after playing pro ball or any pro sport, many people become all about themselves. What is it that kept you so humble? <laughs> you know, I hear that so much and, and it's really it's really hard for me to understand because uh it's just who I've always been my entire life. My mom uh you know, she instilled so many good qualities in me and that, that was a huge thing, unlike my dad who was just the opposite. Uh and so I just followed my mom's guidance who unfortunately she she passed away when she was fifty of uh, brain cancer, uh thirty thirty one years ago. And so you know, she's always stuck with me, and, uh, it, it, you know, the humble thing, I, you know, you can call it a, a Nebraska thing, you can call it a, a, a Midwestern thing, but it's just it's just who I am, and I've never gone out and tried to be something that you're really not. We're all people. We're all the same, and, uh, you know, I've got friends that are billionaires. i got friends that don't have a pot to piss in, and I, you just got to treat them the same way because they're just people, and so that's just how I've always been. Yeah, that's right, and it it is. Treat people with respect. It doesn't matter who they are. I, I love that. So let's talk about the book. Um, what prompted you to write the book? <laughs> There's another funny or one. Or who? I, you know, Donna, <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you how many times I've spoken to people or met, and, you know, they talk, They end up, end up finding out about what you did. I, I very rarely tell people what I did for a living. I really do because it's it just kind of turns into the same old discussion over and over again. But when they find out, you know, I start telling about different things that I, they got me to where I went and doing things. I can't tell you how many people said, dude, you got to write a book. And I've just always told myself that when they've said these things, I said, well, first of all, I can't read because I think I'm dyslexic. And then I've never read a book my, in my entire life myself. So it was kind of back and forth. And then uh, a few months back, I was talking to somebody and uh, they said the same thing. And two days later, she calls me back and says, hey, my best friend just ran into somebody that was a ghostwriter. And so she thought it was kind of fate. And so I called her and, and next thing you know, here I am writing a book. So that's, that's where that started. So uh, that's how I started to, to write the book. And uh, it's, it's basically just an autobiography of myself and, and how I lived my life and how I came from where I come from. Uh, Western Nebraska, not being around hardly anything growing up. Uh, my family life, how great my mom was, how ungreat my dad still is to this day. And uh, it's, just, it's just one of those things where one of the things I'm always saying is you got to figure it out. And so the ghostwriter, Eva Silva, she uh, who's wonderful, by the way, with this whole thing, uh, yeah. she actually texted me one day after she was listening to a lot of what I was saying on tape. And she says, I got the name for your book. And, uh, she says it was 
figure it out. And I said, you know what? That's so funny. Cause I said, I thought that was the same, the same thing I was going to call it too. So that's the name of the book. And it's all about being in different situations, you know, parents, to friends, to acquaintances, to management, to whoever, you know, they, they give you something you got to do or you got to do things. And I just always said, figure it out and get it done. I mean, I, I built my first house for God's sake, but my, not by myself, but I, I, pretty much planned it out, did all these things. I never built a house before and you just got to dive in and do things and, and you got to figure it out and, and just get it done. And you're going to fail along the way. Absolutely going to fail along the way. And that's, that's part of life. And baseball itself is, you know, figuring out failure. You fail all the time. Well, don't, don't just give up when you fail, figure it out and get it right and go on from there. And next, next time you're going to be able to do it easier and easier. And, and life is, hard but it's also simple if you do figure it out and that's kind of where this whole book thing is going what has the process been for writing the book and how has it affected you if it has in any way uh it's really really funny you're asking that question because i just told my brother we had a little discussion we were talking two nights ago and uh told him i'm writing a book and uh right away i told him that uh our dad is going to be a big part of this book. And I mean, I'm going to let it out there right now that I'm not a fan of my dad. It's, it's, he, he right. didn't, he didn't, he just, there was just a lot of bad to my dad. And to this day, I can't understand how my mom and my dad were even together because my mom was just the opposite. She was an absolute saint. And, uh, uh, on the other hand, my dad is not, you know, it's all about him. I'm sure he's got some names you could call him as far as, psychological things in that but but as far as the book is you know I dive in with with him and my mom and my brothers and some friends and and just how things have gone over over time and how I've been affected by it and it's funny you're saying that about how it's affected me just talking about it you know to the ghostwriter Eva Silva mm-hmm. it's I've, I I can't tell you I mean we cried so many times on the phone talking back and forth and she's cried when I've said things and she stops and she starts bringing some things up and and uh, it's it's really opened my eyes to what happened when I was a kid and and growing yeah. up. I mean, I'm getting emotional right now just 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 you yeah. know talking about it because you know these things you you don't really realize growing up as a kid how you're affected by your parents. You really you really mm-hmm. really don't. You, you know, I was I, I was quiet my entire life. I never would say a word about the things that happened to, to other people to myself and my family, because, you know, you're, you're embarrassed. You always thought every other family was perfect. They're not perfect by any means. But at the same time, if people would just start talking about what they're going through uh, at, at a younger age and uh, uh, realizing that, that other people are in your same situation, you know, it, it could, it could definitely help other people to understand that, uh, that you're, you're not in this alone. And so, it's really weird for me to be talking about this because growing up, I thought I was the strongest guy alive and I would never cry. And hell, I was married for 23 years. My wife didn't see me cry but one time. And that was two weeks before she passed away because our daughter mm-hmm. uh, surprised, came back from college and surprised us. And uh, I, I bawled like a baby. But uh, that was the yeah. only time my wife ever saw me cry in 23 years. And, you know, after talking to people and, and all this stuff, that's just not right. You know, if you go 23 years with somebody and never even cry in front of them, it was just because I was the big guy. I wanted to be the tough guy. And, and once my wife passed away, 
it's 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 I'm like a waterfall now. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, oh, I can't even imagine. So the book actually has been a process of healing for you. Oh, it's been huge. There's there's no question. Uh, two and a half, almost three years ago, I wrote a, a piece on Facebook and uh, about my mom. And it was just, it was Christmas Eve, and that was her greatest time of year because uh, she was pretty religious. And I just started writing a piece about her. And ever since, ever since writing that, uh, it, it, it started the healing process for my mom because I didn't even cry when my mom died. I was happy for her because everything, all the bullshit she'd been through her whole, th- her whole life. And so when mm-hmm. she passed away, I was sitting in the room with her, and I was actually, I, I was happy for my mom to die. Which is, yeah. you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to say and even and uh, think about, but uh, mm-hmm. it actually took me 29 years to uh, finally understand that my mom was gone. And so uh, you kind of you kind of want to just kind of get this out here to people, let them know that you're not the only one. There's there's tons of people out there that that have your same situation, and don't don't think it's wrong to take time or whatever for grieving too. Cause I've been through a lot. I mean, if you read the book, it's, it's, there's a lot that I've been through my entire life. And, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't realize it until I started doing this because I just thought it was, it was just me growing up and that's what happened. I didn't really realize it, that it's very, very unique to stuff I've been through my entire life. So there's going to be a lot in this book that people not only can learn about you, but, you're hoping that they get something out of this book as far as, you know, let your feelings out, tell people how you feel about them, you know, basically before it's too late, understand your circumstances and treat people with respect. So I think there's going to be a lot in this book that can help so many other people. And Eva, the ghostwriter, has been amazing helping you along with it. I can't even imagine the bond that you share with someone like that, that you're telling your soul to. And she's actually writing it down on paper. It's an amazing job to be a, a ghostwriter and to, to put those words down on paper. So um, God bless her for helping you and uh, and you for opening up and telling the story finally and getting it out there. Um, has there been one person in your life that you can think of that you've never forgotten that gave you advice that had changed your life in a way, impacted you in some way? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, my, my mom, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I keep referring back to my mom, but, uh, yeah, but if you that's know, the one, this, this whole, tell us. It, it's just, you know, she, she instilled in me early, early on when I was a kid, you know, you, you know, you hear, you hear parents and older people talking when you're growing up and, and you listen to these things that, that, that kind of, uh, I don't know, they just stick with you. And my mom at a young, young, early age, uh, always told me that don't ever dis- disrespect a woman. And over the years, I just, I've, I've never been able to do it ever since then. I mean, it's just, you know, there's times where, you know, like a wife or somebody says something to you or do, does something to you and you, you feel like, God, I just, I want to, I want to say something or do something. And I, I just, I can't do it. And it's, it's, I don't know if what you would call it, but it, it's, I've lived my life that way. You know, and it's you try to respect everybody, not just a woman, but but everybody. But there's no way I could ever. I don't care what what it come down to. I mean, a woman could hit me over the head with a baseball bat. I swear to God, I would not do a thing, because it's it's just it's just not fair. And 
uh, you know, you, all these things these days with all the politics and, and men wanting to be women and women wanting to be men. You are who you are when you're born, and that's basically what you are, and you can't take that away. And so for a woman to uh, be able to manhandle a man, it's just not possible. And so growing up, I've told my kids and other people the same thing. I had, I had a kid uh, I was given a lesson to a couple weeks ago. And we we're just joking around. And I said something to him. Do you have a sister? And he said, yeah. I said, have you ever hit your sister? I was just messing around. And he says, yeah. And I stopped. I stopped. And I backed off and his dad was right there. And I, and I told him the story. And I just, I wanted to let him know that you can't hit a girl as, as, a, as a man. You just can't do it. And so that was something that my mom always told me. And it goes, it, that just kind of dives into a ton of other things. It's just being a good person in life. You know, you, you don't have to be this, this horrible person or, or somebody that, that got to go against the grain with everything. And don't get me wrong, I've gone against the grain a ton in my life, but I've never done it to intentionally hurt anybody. And that's, that's what a lot of people don't understand because, you know, you go on Facebook and whatever and, and people think you're, you're a terrible person, but they don't know you because it's just a text. And so right. my mom, my mom, my mom, I can't even tell you the stuff my mom uh, uh, instilled in me as a, as a kid. And so that's, that's basically where it's at with me. And I'm sure we'll read about that as well in the book. So looking yes, forward will. to it. <laughs> I know. I can't wait till it comes out. Serious. And it's called figure it out, right? That's the title of the book. You know, yes, it is. It's, it's my entire life. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've said it to friends, family, my kids, especially, you know, I, I, you know, they, they come in like, Dad, how do you do this? How do you do this? And I'll just say, you know what? You got to figure things out. You just can't always get help from somebody. You got to get your mind cranked a little bit. Get the get the balls, the everything going up there, and 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 just see how it works. And uh, from the littlest things to the biggest things, you just got to figure everything out. It doesn't matter a, a relationship with somebody, uh, going to the store to get food, anything. You just don't give up on things. You don't just say, can you help me with this? Give it a shot. See how it works. It might take a little extra time, and you might fail, but but who cares? If, if the only person that doesn't succeed in this world is the person that doesn't fail, and the rest are quitters and, right. and they just they don't have anything. And if you if you learn to fail, like you do in baseball, you know you failed seven out of ten times. You're the best hitter on the planet. Seven out of ten times you fail, and those guys are the best there are. And so that's what baseball is about. Is you're constantly failing, but you have to constantly figure out how to get better. And, and that's where it all comes from is I've just always said, you got to figure things out in this world. And if you don't, you're going to be left behind really fast. Right. And I can't, I can't wait to read it. But another thing I wanted to touch on before I let you go is you, you have always been involved with charity golf tournaments and you've done them in the past in California but you're thinking about getting this up and running again? Yep. Uh, now I've been living in Scottsdale, actually Fountain Hills, but basically I call it Scottsdale where I'm living. Uh, you know, I, I ran a great tournament. I really did. I'm not patting myself on the back. I just, it just, when people call you every year and say, you're going to start running that tournament again, I ran it for 15 straight years. Uh, it's a Ryder Cup format, uh, four different nines, uh, two team, two man teams, uh, I, I ended up having the charity involved for 13 of the 15 years. Actually, actually, I'm sorry, it was 12 of the 15 years. And this was in Moreno Valley, California, where there really isn't a lot of money. But we ended up raising about $500,000 over 15, over 12 years for underprivileged kids. 
And uh, wow. it was it was pretty crazy, you know, to be able to, to help these kids. And, and trust me when I say this, it, every dime from this tournament went to it. There was nobody getting anything, any percentages, nothing. We gave everything that was left in the bank account to the kids. And uh, what we did, we took these underprivileged kids and we actually loaded them up in cars and vans and took them to Target, took them to Kmart, took them to Walmart, wherever. And uh, we, we, we just let them shop for clothes, for toothbrushes, for toothpaste, for, for combs, socks, underwear. And you would be absolutely shocked, well, maybe not, shocked at, at what these kids don't have. And yeah. believe it or not, they're, they're, just, they're, just, they're just living right down the street from you. You don't even know it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for some of these kids to say, wow, I'm going to get some toothpaste and a toothbrush. And it, they're, they're just all smiles over that. You, you know, you know, what's in, inside that home. And so, uh, it, it was, it was hard for me to, to quit running the tournament, but it just got to be that time for me where I, I'd done it for so long that I just know. So here in Scottsdale, I think, uh, since it's a golf haven here, I think it could go over really, really big here and end up being a really big tournament over the years because it's not just a charity tournament where you go out and play a scramble and win a, win a, a head cover for your golf club. It's, it's very competitive. I think I told you before that I've had, I had PGA players that actually played in my tournament and, you know, you give them a handicap just like anybody else, everything's net and uh, it, it's fun. They enjoy it. And it, cause it's competitive. It's not just, okay, let's go cheat and, and move the ball over here and hit the next ball. And it's very competitive. So it was, it was fun. And uh, yeah, I wanted, I want to get it going again, but I need some help. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're putting the word out there right now. He needs help. If you think, if you want, you can contact him. Yep. Um, so is there a website for you right now where people can go and pre-purchase the book? Uh, no, there's it... no pre-purchasing yet, but, but it's kipthrows.com okay. is what it is. And uh, this website was just put up. It's going to get a lot better than it is right now. It's just in its early stages. And okay. uh, so hopefully it'll be going here. I mean, there's, there's a ton of people already signed and put their names on it, but it's, it's, it, they're not getting return emails yet because all that hasn't been finished yet. But it, it, this whole thing with the website has been really fast, so just kind of hang in there with that. Kipgross.com. Right. Okay. And then when the book is out, we will announce it on um, our show as well so people know that it's out there and they can – get it but if they really want to know ahead of time they can watch how it's coming along by going to kipgross.com you'll be announcing stuff there as well i'm sure yep correct yep even right. doing pretty much everything and being on this show with you is really really helping out so thank you very much oh you're welcome Kip. thank you so much for taking the time i know you are busy and you're probably going to be working on that book today as well so <laughs> You and Eva go get to it, and thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. No, thank you. I appreciate it, Donna. Have a great rest of your day, Kip. Bye-bye. Everyone, that was Kip Gross. Please go to kipgross.com, and you can see what's happening with the book. I'm telling you right now, Um, there is going to be a lot in that book that you are going to want to read. He's been through a lot in his life, and he's opening up, and he's not holding anything back. So please check out kipgross.com. Sign up over there and check it out. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. As always, I appreciate all of you. Have a great rest of your day.